0: There's nothing that you could do. There's there's no great sin that you could have ever committed that would be a barrier between you and Jesus. To learn more about Elevate, how you can get connected, or how you can support the work that Elevate is doing in Erie, visit elevatechurch.com. Hey, are you guys having a good time tonight? Good. I love Christmas. I love the Christmas season. I love all the, the decorations that, that are involved in Christmas. And I remember growing up that one of the first things that we would put up in our house was the nativity set. How many of you have a nativity set at home? All right, so six of you. The rest are sinners. Fine. No, I'm kidding. I don't even have one today. I mean, really. We have one in our house that's a VeggieTales tales. Nativity set. It has um, a baby carrot as Jesus <clears throat> and it has, <clears throat> excuse me, an angel that's an asparagus, I think. I'm not exactly sure what it is, but it's kind of this toy thing. It has a star on top and you, you press the star and it starts singing. But what, the thing is so old and the batteries are dead that halfway through Silent Night, it sounds possessed. You know, it's kind of like, so anyway. Uh, but this one's awesome. And activities come in all different shapes and sizes. We were in Israel not that long ago, and we could have left Israel with a giant, massive olive wood manger scene to the tune of $20,000, uh-uh, and we're not doing that. We found this one online on Craigslist for about $150, bucks. and it's kitschy, and it's old, um, but, but I love it, but the truth is, it's not accurate, All right, it's not 100% accurate. Like, I'm, I'm pretty certain that Jesus didn't come out of the womb with blonde hair and pasty skin. All right, I'm just saying. His mother was Middle Eastern, you know, of course, you know, he's God's son, and we're not exactly sure what that image might look like, but I don't think this is it, and I am really certain that Joseph wasn't a ginger, all right? That didn't happen because he was uh, Middle Eastern as well, so it's not entirely accurate. I mean, you got uh, got the animals, you got the cow here, the cow sporting this big gold chain looking like Flavor Flav up here, so... (laughs) It's not accurate, but it's still a great picture of the Christmas story, and I love it. You know, Mary and Joseph, and, and you know about that night that they had to travel down to Bethlehem for the, the census that was going to be taken, and there was no room for them in the end. So you have the parents, right, Mary and the adoptive father, Joseph here, and then, oh, then you got the shepherds. The shepherds were some of the first on the scene. They were the first ones, by the way, that the angel announced the birth of the Messiah. And I personally, I love that, that the angel came first to the working class, came first to the the second and third shifters, you know, the hard working guys. I think there's a message in that all in of itself. So I love the fact that the shepherds were there. And then, of course, you got the wise guys, right? The wise dudes. Right here, the three magi, the, the we three kings of Orient and are, and, and here they are kind of with their their gifts. And traditionally, we say there were three because of the three gifts gold, frankincense, and myrrh. However, chances are there were like, a, they would have traveled with a caravan of like thousands. And not to break your Christmas like spirit, but these guys wouldn't even have been there yet. They didn't show up on the scene until Jesus was around two years old. Old or so. So don't go home and toss out your manger scene. I just wanted you to know uh, it it looks a lot better, you know, with these guys there, but it's a great picture of the Christmas story. Of course, the animals, because Jesus wasn't born in an inn or in a lodge, there was no room. So he was born in a kind of a cave stable. It's not like your traditional, you see these wood structures, you know, that people have. It's more like a cave, and it probably would have been, like, overcrowded with animals because they would often travel with their animals. And if the city was overcrowded, chances are the stables were too. So you have the animals there. And um, I, when I was growing up, if you're my age or older, you might remember these being placed in, like, city squares, And like the the lawn of town hall, of course, that wouldn't happen anymore. You know, it's part of the cultural war that's been waged against Christianity. uh, And I'm not really here to talk about that tonight, although I think it is something worth talking about at some point. But I'm not concerned with whether or not you have one of these set up in your home. I am concerned with how you have one set up in your heart, because in many ways, the manger scene is a picture of our lives. See, everything has to revolve around something. There has to be something that's central to our lives. Just like in our solar system, right? The sun is central to the solar system. Everything is revolving around it. And in this case, everything revolves around Jesus. He's right in the middle where he should be and everyone's attention, if you're looking, is focused on him. And you know this. I mean, if you're going to set up your own scene at home, I mean, this is how, you know, you would, would do it. Um, but I want to tell you that it's not necessarily about having the right pieces. It's about having them in the right place as well. Because chances are, some of you, you're here tonight, Christmas Eve, 2017. And you could say, Colby, I'm a, I'm a Christian or I'm a, I'm a believer, but stuff in my life isn't working. Or it's just kind of falling apart. And I want to suggest to you, it's not because you don't have the right pieces. But it's because you don't have them in the right place. Something else has taken center stage in your life. Something else is filling that void that everything else is revolving around. And you might say, man, my, my life's not working right. Things are falling apart. But I have Jesus as a part of it. He's a part of it. He's just not the center of it. And here's what I know about every single person in the room. If nothing is in this space, nature abhors a vacuum. And if there's a void in your life, you will fill it with something or someone. And chances are, well, let's let's just kind of go through some scenarios. Maybe you're here tonight and your life is centered around shepherds not really shepherds, all right? Let's say shepherds represent your job, that your life is focused around, is centered around your work. And the reality is this is easy to do because this is where you spend a lot of your time. The majority of your time, right, is focused in on your work. And oftentimes you're giving your best to your job. You're giving your best to your your work, not to your God or to your family, And when life happens and and the fertilizer hits the fan, as it does, you know it does, and things start to unravel, you look for your support and you lean into that thing which your world revolves around. And if it's this, can I tell you something? This was never meant to sustain you. This was never meant to handle your hope. This was never meant to help you walk through those times in your life. But this is what people will lean into. They'll say, hey, my marriage is busted. It's falling apart. My relationships are broke. So I'm just going to dive into my work. You see how ridiculous that even sounds? But people do it all the time. And they'll say, but Colby, wait, wait, wait. My, 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 Jesus is in my scene. He's in it. He's just not in his right place. He's way over there. This was never meant to handle your hope. This was never meant to sustain you. Let's, let's try another one because this is fun. I'm having fun with this. Um, let's do, oh, let's do these guys right here. Dun, 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 dun. The wise guys, right? The We Three Kings right here. These guys, um, which, which by the way, can we stop real quick? How many of you grew up watching uh, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood? Raise your hand. Okay. Does this not look like King Friday? Like straight up, doesn't it? Like almost exactly. I mean, I can just see him like, you know, back there. All right, anyway, we'll keep moving. We'll keep moving. Um, If I gave you, every one of you, the nativity action figure set to take home with you and you'd never heard a word about the Christmas story, chances are you would look at these guys and you'd think, these guys are important, right? Right? I mean, look at the way they're dressed. They're tall, they're kingly, they got some jewels going on. I mean, these guys are it. So let's let these guys represent status. Let's let these guys represent popularity, success. These guys would represent the cool kid lunch table in school, right, that everyone aspires to. So that's what these guys are. But the reality is, a lot of us put our hope in our success, we put our hope in our, in our status, in our, our popularity. But here's the kicker. No one in this room would admit to that. No one says that. No one walks around saying, man, I'm putting my, my hope in my appearance. I'm putting my hope in my stuff. I'm putting my hope, you know, in, in being success, successful. You don't say it, but just because you don't say it doesn't make it true. doesn't make it untrue. And the fact is, some of you have even said, I don't care about that stuff. I don't care about, your wife, guys, told you this Christmas. Oh, I don't care about gifts. Don't get me anything. Uh -uh Uh-uh-uh. Don't fall for that one, all right? I'm just saying. Little Christmas tip. I know it's Christmas Eve. You better run out real quick after this. And we all fall into this to some extent, to some degree. I mean, uh, we we do care about appearances even though we we don't say we do. This is why we take 41 selfies until we get just the right one, right? At just the right angle where you can only see one of my chins, you know, whatever it is. And that's the one that we post. So we we all fall into this to some degree, whether you're willing to admit it or not. But the problem is if this is what you put your hope in, If this is what your life has centered around, ask anyone who's successful. Ask anyone who you feel has arrived. They will tell you, I tried to fill a void, but nothing this earth had to offer could satisfy. I tried to fill it with success, I tried to fill it with wealth, and it didn't work. And if you put your hope in that, it all falls apart, because it was never meant to be the center of your life. Being important is great. In fact, uh, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, right? He said, uh, "It's it's nice to be important, but it's more important to be nice." I love that. So be successful. You know, make money, be be wealthy. Just don't make it the center of your life. Because here's what happens when things fall apart: you're like, "Man, I'm successful. I'm popular." You know, I have I have wealth and status. What, what's going on? I'm even a follower of Jesus. Yeah, he's part of your life. He's just in the wrong position. Let's let's try let's try another one. How about let's get these guys out of here? Thank you, King Friday. You're the man. And let's do this. Boom. Mary and the ginger, right, right here. Here we go. This represents family. This represents kids. This represents marriage and relationships. And some of you are going, yeah, that's it. Like, that's the one. That's the most important one. That's what my life should revolve around, family first. I mean, that even sounds good, family first. And it, that would be, make a great name for a sports complex too, right? Like, that sounds right. And I would say it is good. It is important, but you can't center your life around it. And this is what's going to be hard to hear. This might be a little Christmas counseling for for somebody. When you set someone up, this is why we get so hurt by people. When you set someone up to be something in your life that they were never meant to be, that they never could be, to put them in a position that, that only really God could occupy, that's when things fall apart. When you put your hope in someone who is imperfect at Best. Like that, you know, that's all it is. Relationship is two imperfect people trying to live together, and you put your hope for happiness in someone. I had a person ask me not that long ago, they said, Colby, does Kristen make you happy? Does she make you happy? And I knew what they were asking. They were asking, how's your marriage? You know, how are things going? But that's not how they said it. They said, does Kristen make you happy? And so I decided I'd mess with them a little bit because I like to mess with people, right? And so I said, no. She doesn't make me happy. And they're like, what? What do you mean? You can't say that? And she was in the room at the time. They're like, I can't believe you just said that. I said, my happiness had to come from somewhere else long before I got involved in a marriage. That my happiness couldn't be put and placed in a person. And see, the deal is, we oftentimes put somebody into a position in our life that they were never meant to occupy. And when you lean on them and when things start falling apart, like they were never meant to handle that. It's pressure, it's stress, right? And you quickly realize that the only one who is able to handle your hope is the one who is able to hold everything together. And we put people in this place to be everything to us. They were never meant to do that. So when it falls apart, and you're like, wait, what's going on? You know, I put you at the center. You know, I, I did all this kind of stuff and, and whatever, and Jesus is a part of my life. That's the problem. He's a part of it. He's just not in the right place. So now here's what you're thinking. All right, Colby, thank you for the nice Christmas Eve visual aid. I appreciate it. Awesome. Awesome. Um, So what's the point of all of this? Get to the point. You're out of scenarios. Can we move on? Actually, no, I got one more. All right, I got one more. Let's take these guys out here. Let's put these guys right here in the middle. The cow and the donkey. Hee-haw, right here, all right? The donkey and Flavor Flav. All right, here we go, right here. And now some of you are saying, hold up. This is ridiculous. I don't have animals at the center of my life. Well, I beg to differ because I've seen your Instagram photos, all right? You got pictures of your cats and your dogs all over the place. And listen, I love I love a good picture of a dog dressed up like a human as much as the next guy does. That's why I found this one for you right here. Just a little Christmas bonus. Isn't that precious? A little sweet little puppy. Or just one more, just one more. How about this guy right here? Yeah, that's my boy, he's mean mugging, right, looking all mad, I like that guy right there. And I know as soon as I start talking about dogs, all the cat people always get mad at me, and I get all kinds of emails, so because it's Christmas, and because um, I I love you, and you know, I just, I don't want to disappoint anyone, I'll give you one cat picture, boom, right there. There's all your cat people. That's why I don't like cats. That's why they terrify me, right? (laughs) Uh. Actually, actually, (laughs) honestly, I can feel that my heart's changing uh, towards cats. I know you guys have been praying for me. And I've actually... Um, started to like cats I really have I've been been, um, developing an affinity for them in fact my only problem is that I can't finish a whole one by myself yet Um, (laughs) but I'm trying really hard and tomorrow when I get home like uh, Kristen is preparing an awesome Christmas meal for me and so I'm looking forward to that Mm. it's going to be good like kitty is way more tender than you think. I mean, seriously, it's not, it's really not that bad. I'm kidding. All right. I'm kidding. Some of you are like, what is this? All right. I'm not really talking about pets. All right. I'm talking about what these represent. Let's say this represents, um, was it the cat comment? All right. I apologize. Um, these represent the things in life that bring you pleasure. These represent your sports teams, your hobbies, recreation uh maybe your your workout regimen this all this is this this stuff that that brings you you pleasure you put your hope and all this other stuff you've centered your life around it and I'm sorry if your hope is in your sports team especially if you're a Browns fan this year dang I'm just saying that was never meant to sustain your hope like I have a friend who would tell you honestly he said Colby, my emotions, my joy rises and falls with Steelers wins and losses. Hey, hey, that's taking a good thing too far. Like you're putting your hope for joy in a a 24-year-old's ability to carry a pig across a painted line, like seriously. And so what happens is, is when life happens and things start to fall apart, because it will, and it does, but this is what your life is centered around. You're saying, wait, 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 but Colby, I'm, I'm a believer. I go to church, you know, like twice a year at least, you know, so I have Jesus in my life. Okay, maybe he's in your life, but he's not really in your life. He's a part of your life, but he's in the wrong place. And so here's the thing I get to do every single week. The thing I love about my job, like I don't have to, I don't have to preach this to you. Did you realize that? I'm not even really a preacher. Like I, I love to, to help you reorganize your life. I, help to, I love to help you take steps and what your next step is. Because here's the thing, life will preach this to you. I don't have to do it. Those of you that know, man, I, something's not right, something's not working. Well, I, I submit it's not working because your life is set up wrong. And when your life is set up wrong, your life revolves around the wrong thing. When everything comes crashing apart, there's there's no way for that thing to sustain you. But if your life is set up right, not only does this scene look right, but it'll work right. Not only does it look right, not only does it feel right, Hey, but I promise you it works right. And God's word is very practical. I don't know if you realize this or not, but it has a lot to say about our family. It has a lot to say about our, 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 our love of, of pleasure. It has a lot to say about our, our wealth and our status and our, our fitness. It has a lot to say about that. But there's a heading in Colossians chapter one where it says uh, in your Bible that Christ. Is supreme. In other words, you can work on all that stuff. You can put other things in the center of your life. You can work on, on family. You can work on on status and wealth and popularity. You can do that. But until you put Jesus at the center of it, it won't make sense. None of it'll work. Just like in our solar system, that everything revolves around the sun. Well, God sent Jesus to be the light of the world for everything to revolve around him. In fact, let me share this, this scripture with you. It says this, we look at this sun and see the God who cannot be seen. Can I tell you something? Christmas is an unbelievable gift. Christmas is the, the visible image of an invisible God. Christmas is God wrapped in flesh coming to this this earth for us. And he didn't come to this earth just to live and die and be a sacrifice for sins. Because if that was the case, he would have come and immediately died. But he didn't do that. What did he do? He came to this earth and lived for 33 years on it. Spent 33 years growing, 33 years experiencing what you experienced, experiencing what I experienced, experiencing everything we would experience. So that he could relate to you. So that he could qualify to be your best friend. So that the things that that you struggle with, putting at the center of your life, he would say, man, I know exactly what that's like. Because he wanted to be a God who understands you. You need to catch that tonight. He's not this distant God. But he's a God that understands you and understands what you've gone through. Christmas is an unbelievable gift. He says, we look at this son, And see God's original purpose in everything created. We look at this, keep going, keep going. For everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible, rank after rank after rank of angels. Everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him. You know what everything means? It means everything. It means that person sitting next to you. It means you it means everything that you see everything that you experience and the thing is when when life you know happens and we find ourselves going through through tough times and things aren't working and we don't have anything in the center of it it's broken and we're trying to pick up the pieces We need to go back to the source who created us, who who gave us a purpose. It'd be kind of like if your car was busted, there's a lot of places you can go, but the best place to take it where you know it's gonna get fixed right the first time is back to the original manufacturer, the one who created it in the first place. And the same is true with your life. And you go back to the one who created you, the one who gave you purpose in the first place. Keep going. He was there before any of it came into existence. And he, here's the key, holds it all together right up until this moment. Hey, the only one who is able of holding your hope, who is able to sustain you, that everything else should revolve around, is the only one who can actually hold it all together and is holding it all together right up until this moment. Now, here's the thing you might say, all right, great. Great. You've identified what's wrong. But what do I do do about it? Because I don't know about you, but I hate when people tell me like the problems that I have, but don't give me the solution, right? They don't tell me what do I need to do to fix it. Well, here's here's what you need to do. I think the first thing is you got to invite Jesus to be at the center of your life. Otherwise, your life won't make sense and nothing will, will work right. And the reality is some of you, he's, he's just not there. He might be here. Maybe he's even closer to that, but you know he's not the center. For some of you, and he might not even be in the picture and you know who you are. But here's the thing, you have to invite him Something you need to know about God is that he's a perfect gentleman. That he doesn't force himself, himself on anyone. That he wants to be invited. In fact, the Bible tells us that, behold, I stand at the door and knock. And that's about as far as he'll go. You guys, that's about as far as he'll go. He'll knock on the door of your heart. And for some of you, he's been knocking on the door of your heart for a long, long time. Isn't about time you invited him in? Isn't about time... You put him in the right place in your life so you start by by inviting him into your life and then i would say involve him in every part of your life in fact make him the center of it that everything else revolves around see he's not content being your sunday god He's not content being your twice a year God. He's not content, you know, being this distant God that he wants to be a part of every part of your life, that he wants to be your Monday God when you go to work. He wants to be your your Thursday night God when you're out with your buddies, you know, maybe doing something you shouldn't be doing. I don't know. He wants to be your hunting God, your, your mall God. He just wants to be a part of every part of your life. And I can't drive this home hard enough and the thing is, this was a huge revelation for me. I did not get that. I grew up in a Christian home. I had, I had parents who were, were pastors in a church. I mean, I never missed church. Like Sunday, Sunday night, or Wednesday night choir practice. You know, I was, I was there when the doors were open. If I was sick in bed on Sunday morning, throwing up, my dad would say, get up, we're going to church. All right, so that's, that's how I grew up. And so there was this huge disconnect for me. I didn't realize he didn't want to just be my Sunday God. And the reason for that, maybe you can relate to this. When I'd go to church, it looked different than the rest of my life. People talked different. People dressed different. We sat in different kinds of, of chairs, these pews thing. The, 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 the music was certainly different. And none of it was bad. All right, some of the music was bad. All right, I'm just... but it was different. And it was different because it looked different than everything else that I was experiencing. But when I realized that God wanted to be a part of every part of my life, not just my church, God, I can only tell you my story, but it changed everything in my life. And I'm still a work in progress, but it'll change your life. He doesn't want to be in it. He wants to be the center of it. And then I would say, you should commit to ignite a fresh passion for God in this coming year. Can I tell you something that's amazing about Christmas? This, this, I think it's, it's the most brilliant thing ever. That at the end of the year, December 25th, we come together to make sure we understand what should be central. We come together to celebrate God in flesh coming to this earth, that he is the light of the world. And we're like, that's it. He should be the center of our lives. And then what happens a week later? Come on, what happens a week later? We get a new year. We get a fresh start. We get to hit the reset button on our lives. We get a clean slate to start over with Jesus being at the center of it. Somebody, let's ignite a fresh passion. Come on for God in this new year. Man, there's no better time than to do it than to get this right in our life. And I promise you it'll change everything about your life. We gotta start there. You start with inviting him in and then inviting him to be a part of all of it, all of it. And then see him ignite this fresh passion. This is the challenge I give people all the time. I say, hey, like, just get involved in everything. Like just decide, stop playing games you know, with, with Jesus. Just decide that you're gonna go all in, that you're gonna give him your best effort, that you're gonna attend every single worship experience. You're gonna come every single weekend. You're gonna come to, to Crash Course. You're gonna get plugged in. You're gonna serve. You're gonna be a part of a group. You're just gonna do everything that, that we have to offer in, in 2018, the whole year. And here's my promise to you. If you do that, this time next year, your life will be different. It'll be completely different for the better. It will have changed for the better, I promise you. And if it doesn't, if you come back to me and say, hey, Colby, I took your you know, one-year challenge and my life still stinks, well, I'll leave here and we'll go find a different church together, all right? We'll just, let's just go, because it didn't work. But can I promise you something? You won't have to, because this works. This works when we put Jesus at the center Of our lives, our lives will make sense. Hey, would you bow your head? It's Christmas Eve. It's Christmas Eve. This is just another reminder that God is with us, that God loves us, that God was desperate for us, that he did not want heaven without us. So Jesus, you brought heaven down, wrapped in flesh, going through life, experiencing what we would go through, the temptation, the hurt, the pain, the loss of loved ones, so that we could have a relationship with you, so that you could qualify to be our best friend, and some of you need to hear that tonight, that God wants to be your best friend. That's why he's standing at that door and knocking, He's been knocking for a long time, and you know it. You know who you are. Isn't about time to invite him in? And the way we invite Jesus to be the center of our life is through through prayer. And I'll lead you in a prayer that someone led me in a long, long time ago. There's nothing magical about it. The most important thing is that you mean it, and only you know that. Is that you believe it in your heart that God sent Jesus to this earth? to live a perfect and sinless life, that ultimately he died on the cross for our sins so that we could have freedom and an eternal life in him. And if that's you tonight, just pray this prayer with me. I'm not gonna ask you to raise your hand. I'm not gonna ask you to come forward. You can do it right there in your seat. You can whisper it to God. He knows your heart. Just say something simple like this. Jesus, I'm gonna put you at the center of my life. I don't want you to be a part of it. I want you to be the focus of it. Because all that you've done for me, dying for me, saving me, forgiving me, the least I can do is respond by giving my life back to you. And so tonight, that's what I'm doing. I surrender my life. I confess you as Lord in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Come on, church. Can you go crazy? Can you go crazy for those tonight? Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I love it. I love it. Praise God for you guys. Praise God. We are always encouraged to know that God is using Elevate to bless people's lives. If you have a story about how God is working in your life, share your story online at elevatechurch.com.